0: Hello, and welcome to Cartel Aristocrats cast number 110. This cast, always, is always, sponsored by CoolStuffInc.com. With free shipping on orders of $100 or more and a sweet 25% buy list bonus, CoolStuffInc.com is a store for all of your Magic the Gathering needs. I'm joined this week, of course, with my co-host, Jim Casali of CoolStuffInc.com and Ed Wynn of UnnamedVendor.com. How are you guys doing this week?
1: I'm good. I... I don't know how I feel about ofcoolstuffinc.com. I don't work for them. I just write articles for them. Fame
0: Pulitzer winner Jim Casali.
1: That's that sounds much better.
0: And uh, Edwin of unnamedvendor.com. Doing good, man. So if you listen to last week's cast, we said we were all going to be at GFE Orlando, and let me tell you, we had a blast. Right. I
1: mean, do you mean like the royal we? Because like yes. Ed and I were there, but you uh-huh. were
0: not. Yeah. Um. Someone cast uh, sleep on me, and I slept through my flight. So, the benefits of living in the middle of Missouri is that there's no extra flights to make it on time to Orlando. Uh, so yeah. It was great. It was uh, an expensive nap, to say the least. You were missed. Hardly knew you were gone. Ooh, that's that's harsh. Did anyone say hi to you guys?
1: There was a guy who like kept saying he saw me. Like he would like message me on Twitter and said I saw you, but he wouldn't come up and say hello. So I was really confused.
0: And they probably I couldn't mean, the- see Ed all the way down there behind the booth table. So yeah, that that's feeds. probably
2: it. Yep. That's uh, thing to me.
0: Ooh, yeah. If I had been there, Ed, people would have just been throwing themselves at you to shake your hand. Well, so, you're
1: like you're you're like a you're like a beacon of light that towers yeah. over everyone.
0: Well, I'm a beacon of light because it reflects off my bald head. But I know, yeah. Uh, so, how was Orlando for you guys? What did you guys do? Was there anything of note going on? I know Ed tweeted some stuff out that we may want to discuss. Um,
1: from a super casual perspective, I played in one side event because my fiancé wanted to. Um, it was okay. Like The payouts on all of the events are super flat, so being good doesn't really get you a whole lot. Uh, and being bad doesn't lose you a whole lot, so I don't know that if that's good or bad. Um, I bought a bunch of cards. Um, a lot of people sold stuff. The room was really small, I feel like, this year, but... Um, I don't know. It, it was it was a very uneventful Grand Prix
2: for me personally. So by comparison, uh, the Grand Prix uh, in Orlando last year, which was during like I wanna say it was like Eighth all, like it was towards the end of Aether Vault as Aether Vault Limited event. We were actually in like a full exhibit hall. Um, this time we were like in the equivalent of like a large hotel ballroom. Uh, there are also only six vendors, so the show like was much better for all the vendors um, compared to last year when there were I want to say like probably like about sixteen vendors when it was with Star City, and there weren't like appreciably more people um, for that one. Like this one, it was definitely a small event. I want to say it felt like there were probably about like twelve to thirteen hundred people in the room, maybe compared to last year when there were like. 1600 but as a vendor it just felt way busier because the ratio of players per vendor was just much much higher
0: and that's your only takeaway from gp orlando
2: uh the weather sucked going to airport sucks
1: i mean i i think that gp orlando would be a lot better if it was in november or december and august but that's argument and a, and a conversation that's kind of been beaten to death is yeah, it's cheaper to have a Grand Prix in Orlando in the middle of the summer, but also like less people want to go because it's the middle of the summer.
0: Was there air conditioning in the venue? Of course. Oh, I mean, it was this... A step up from Chiba.
1: Oh, wow, really?
0: The halls outside of the actual place did not have air conditioning.
1: Oh no no everything in Florida is air conditioned all the time. That's not that's not the big of an issue. The issue is walking around outside is obviously not air conditioned. Um so it gets pretty warm when you're going to like dinner, but the event itself should have been nicely climate controlled.
0: I'm waiting for Ed to talk about what he was tweeting, but he doesn't want to.
2: Oh, it should, should, am I the one? It's, a, to it's it? an
0: important thing for all of our listeners. Um, so,
2: anyone, if you follow Twitter on the weekend, there are a lot of people who are, who are saying how the vendors didn't have stock on a lot of standard cards. And, like, people made, people made a big fit about it. Um, and this range is, like, there were definitely, it definitely felt like there were more people asking for standard cards than usual, especially like a wider range of standard cards, uh, especially the more obscure uh, standard cards. Um, insult to Injury was kind of the big one. It's, it, it's the split card from Amonkhet. Um, it's a good way to combat like the Turbo Fog deck. Um, a lot of people were asking about it. A lot of people took to Twitter and complained because vendors didn't have them in stock. Um so earlier this morning, uh the vendors got an email from channel fireball basically requesting that going forward, um uh vendors start to carry like a selection of these obscure standard cards. And so like some of the other ones, like Vine marrow is a very popular one. Um that's played in like obviously the like mono green sloppy deck, like black green sloppy deck, whatever. Um Like Vine is like probably the big one that to injury. Like was the biggest one that like people some like. There's some pretty obscure cards like people needed like Hazel pollen, which is just like the fog effect from Amokat. Uh, I honestly can't think of the other ones. Um, I
1: actually had I saw um a couple of pros going up and down the like. So the the event that I played was Two-headed Giant sealed, and I saw multiple pro players asking the people that were building their sealed decks, if they had uh, the root snare, I think is the fog from the core set and asking if they could have them cause like you don't really play that in limited. So it was clear to me that a lot of people didn't come with cards, um, which is unfortunate because cool stuff has a location 15 minutes from the convention center with all the cards in stock, but I guess nobody knew that, like, there was an LGS that close that they could have gotten everything from?
2: I don't know. So I tweeted about this earlier, and, like, the biggest issue I'm having is the time it takes to actually go through and prepare and stock this is rarely worth whatever you're going to get out of it. Um, Right? Like, I don't even begin to know where like we would find like Hazel Palm, um, right? Like it's not worth digging through bulk. And then if it were, right, like I would say, like how much would we have to charge at a reasonable rate for it to like make it worthwhile? Like I mean, Hazel palm, palm if you go on TC, put to order it, it's like Ten a cents. dime. It, yeah. yeah, exactly, a dime, if that. You're not you're not buying it for a dime at the venue, one, because I don't want to take your change at the venue, and two, like if I, it, like it costs way more than a dime's worth of time just to pull it out. Um, and that's before factoring things. Like if you have to ship cards, right? Like if like, is this is just additional added weight, most suitcases are taxed on weight, uh, on the way in as is like, if you're, if we're driving the show sure, that's one thing. But like, like in the case of Orlando, I doubt any vendor actually drove there other than cool stuff.
0: And cool stuff probably brought some standard cards of like everything, but not enough. Right. Based on, like, what I've seen their box setup be before. Yeah. Um, yeah, they,
1: they carry, like, a good mix of, like, relatively popular things, but if you were looking for insult to injury, there's no way that they had that with them.
0: No, they do. They, they bring, like, a one row of, like, standard cards for those GPs, but, like, a one row when there's that many players in the room and you're the only vendor that has, like, one one row of those cards, which, like, maybe has a play set of every rare and standard, like...
1: Yeah, it's not enough. And yeah. people were comparing it to like a Star City Open, where Star City, I believe, drives to all of those events, so all the weight of bringing all those standard cards doesn't matter nearly as much.
2: Yeah, and like even beyond that, right? Like the like the scope plus the quantity of cards that like you would need, right? Like even if we brought like like twenty insult injuries, right, that would have been good enough for maybe like the first what, like five people, six people like seven people even um like if we want to like break it down right but beyond that right like if only like again if only cool stuff has it right like that's not that's not gonna last very long especially like people were like frantically going around on uh friday looking for these cards right and like this is further compounded because Right, like vendors like can't sell standard packs to begin with. Like, not that it would be worth their time to be bringing standard product anyways. Right, we certainly wouldn't have Amiket product on us. Like, how many people are going to be buying Amiket at this point in time? So, like, like it's largely inconsequential. Like, people aren't going to be buying Corset for the sake of like busting it or whatever. Um, So it's like it's like kind of an awkward problem. It feels to me like. Channel Fireball is probably the one who does it. One because they actually opened up the most amount of products. Like, for example, like how many vendors like ninety five? Like they certainly don't open up standard product for the sake of selling singles.
0: Allegedly, we don't. We can't comment on their practices. I don't think.
2: Sure, sure, right? Like, allegedly, fine, fine. Yeah,
0: <laughs> allegedly, we don't know if they open boxes for.
2: So right we, we don't know what these vendors do right we like we can assume that cool stuff with like a huge brick and mortar operation they probably open some amount of their product in some capacity to have these cards in stock um but like the vendors that like don't have brick and mortars or whatever we can assume or we can infer that they don't um and even so like you know just going back looking at how old some of these cards are right you're asking for an in common right this card is more than like a year old at this point like realistically going through bulk trying to dig it out is just not a good use of time it just it just feels like a rather unreasonable request i wasn't really like too happy about it and i feel like it's not the fault of the vendors and like vendors should also not be responsible for having these i'm not particularly sympathetic towards people who don't come prepared with like these commons and uncommons for a deck like either like go to like a store like you know, cool stuff was there. Most of these large cities have game stores nearby that you can go to, um, or like message a vendor. Events like if you if you go into like cfbevents.com and you click on each event, right? There's a list of vendors there. Like message a vendor, events. A vendor in advance say, hey, we need these cards. Can you at least like do you have them on your website or like are they available somewhere? Can you bring them for us? Like if you message like most vendors, they'll probably make some sort of effort to go through and find them. But expecting like vendors to just have these in stock like on the day of Grand Prix because you didn't bring them just feels rather ridiculous to me.
0: I think a lot of magic players are good at excuses better than they are at like preparing, because if you're driving to GP Orlando, you know that there's like four cool stuff shops around. And I'm just saying this with them not even sponsoring us. Like you know that one of the biggest shops in the US has multiple locations on your way down to the drive. And if you're flying, you already know that you're flying ahead of time. Channel Fireball specifically offers pickup at any GP that they're at of almost any card, as long as you order a couple days ahead of time. And if not, then and you know you're flying out like that Friday, you should have time at whatever at whatever local place you have to pick up those cards instead of just saying, "Well, I hope they have it on site."
2: Yeah, like realistically, like it's one thing to expect people to have like like most vendors will like have your Nexus of Fate to fairies cards like the rares. Right because it's it's reasonable to have these cards because it makes some actual money. It's worth their time actually, it makes money actually like it's worth the time to stock these cards. But trying to go through and find like cards, like on Twitter, someone had like even mentioned something like, Oh, the vendors should go through and like scrape the 5 deck decklist on Magic Online to see what commas are like are you like does, does this person value their time at nothing? Like I don't even understand how that's even remotely reasonable.
0: I don't think uh, a lot of people under understand logistics doing back-to-back shows, such in the case of Orlando and both LA and Providence next week. You get like one, maybe two days between shows to like get ready to go to the next one. And that's not enough time most of the time to like get it get all the small stuff done it's enough time to like grade the buys from the weekend and like restock your cases and then pull cash out of the bank and be ready for the next show. Yep. Yeah. That's
1: definitely like a thing that like a, a much larger store could do like star city channel fireball, cool stuff could do something like that, but that's not every vendor. And most vendors like, I don't think even have necessarily large brick and mortar shops where they do business. So they don't have that many like employees. They don't have that much manpower to like go and figure out, the best way to sell cards so i don't know yeah i i agree it's it's just it's difficult to be sympathetic towards people that don't come prepared and also people that think that they are entitled to having the vet you know the the vendors bring all this stuff like when most of them have to fly that's really heavy and it's really expensive do you really want to pay like realistically do you really want to pay like three or four dollars a copy for haze of pollen like a bunch of people would just like laugh at it and leave anyway and then you don't sell them and then
0: you get bad reviews from magic players even though you're doing what channel fireball said to do and you're charging what makes it worth your time to stock those cards
1: right exactly even if you had them people would just complain about how expensive they are because that's just like the reality of carrying all this with you and having to dig through cards to you know dig through bulk boxes to find them
0: well, instead of complaining about this issue ad nauseum, there's a very easy way to get this resolved for everyone to be happy. Um, I don't know if Ed thought of it yet. Um, I personally get a giant baggage allowance due to my airline status from flying. And I'll just go fly with a couple suitcases of commons and uncommons and sit outside next to the GP next to Ed's kissing booth and make a fortune. So I, uh, we better start drawing up some plans, Ed. That I need to put a booth next to you on the way into the GP. Yeah, you do that. Yep, I'll, I'll make sure to send everyone your way. <laughs> Throwback to when uh, I uh, someone photoshopped Ed into a kissing booth before a Grand Prix. That was that was a very fun post. Uh, I don't know, good good old times. Um, Ed is clearly not in the happy mood like me. Moving on, though. I'm, well, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty tired
2: like we had like a 7 a.m flight i just yeah. stayed up i just stayed up all night instead of sleeping so
0: oh well, it's nice to meet you pretty tired but i'm pretty sure i thought your name was ed uh moving on to the san diego comic-con promos. A new
1: joke. you're not allowed to steal those <laughs> you can have your shitty puns but dad jokes are mine
0: <laughs> uh moving on we had the san diego comic-con planeswalker sets go up today jim do you want to talk about what happened with your experience trying to buy one
1: Um, I went to lunch at like 1130 and I took my phone out and I pressed refresh for an hour and I got lucky enough to see them go in stock and then I tried to figure out where the add to cart button was and that took like five minutes and then I found someone on Twitter said that this is how you order them and I was lucky enough to get a set. That being said, their website is awful and always crashes every time this SDCC stuff goes up so... I don't know why people who are surprised, but I kind of wish that they made a little bit more so that people could buy them at a reasonable rate. Um, That being said, like one of my friends bought them on eBay, like after San Diego comic-con and he paid like 15 extra dollars. And I think I might just do that next year instead of trying to deal with the hassle of ordering them from Hasbro. Like, it's just too much stress for like five magic cards
0: and you don't even have to have them you know i i I understand i understand but this is like cards you can buy for like twenty dollars but you're complaining because you want to spend a hundred dollars in cards that do the same thing
1: i don't care what they do i like them because they look cool like i'm buying this almost purely as a collector's item um not because i want to play with them like if obviously my my like My end goal was to play with them. I would have just bought the cheapest copies from the set that they came out in, not not these, but I really enjoy the art on them. It's clear that people are very excited because Therese Nielsen did a great job, but there's still a certain, like, certain disconnect. And, like, they they don't announce when they go up. They don't really have.
0: They told you the day it was going to go up. Yeah, they don't tell you the time. That doesn't matter. You know which day. Even Marcel. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but like, like you, an have auto refresh,
1: you have to refresh the page the whole day. and hope you get lucky to order. it. The no, there's
0: scripts that a lot of people use. So as soon as it changed to like available, it notified you, and then you just went on and bought them.
1: I mean, I hear what you're saying, but like most normal people don't have that as their like. That's so much effort for, for, like a thing that should be pretty easy to purchase. Like there are so many people that want to give them a hundred dollars for this. Why is it so hard? Or why do they not have enough? I don't know.
0: I don't really have patience when I see people complaining on Twitter that they weren't allowed to spend $100 on five cards. Like, if you want it bad enough, just do what Jim's friend did and buy it on eBay and, like, don't look back. But, like, if you're complaining because you were trying to speculate on this, which I saw a lot of people doing, and they're like, oh, I wasn't able to get one to sit on, like, I don't have patience for you. Well, I I mean, I don't
1: don't have sympathy for those people. But, like, I think there are genuinely people that, like, wanted to purchase them to use them or to own them or because they want them specifically. And they didn't get that opportunity. Those are the people I'm sympathetic to. I'm never sympathetic to like people that are trying to spec on them because that obviously takes that out of the hands of people that want them and it makes them more expensive for no reason. Right. I'm just expressing my frustration with the process of getting them. I think it's a little too hard and it could have been easier or more streamlined or like made it so that like people can't speculate on them as easily. I don't know. I assume that a bunch of them are going to cancel because people try to order more than one and there'll be more up in like a couple of days, but they're also not going to tell us when that's going to happen. So I don't know what's going on.
0: Yeah, personally, I got a copy. I'm going to throw it on the shelf for like $130, $140, and then people who missed it on the initial run can pay me to do the same thing that they could have done online. So that's sort of where I'm at with it. Yeah, well, last year it was a little bit easier because
1: it was much more expensive because of the four poster. Four
0: days. It was up for four days, and then when it sold out, people still complained and said, oh, like, why uh, why, why didn't I get one? Or, like, I thought they were going to be up longer. I thought they had more. It's like, you had four days. Like, that's definitely enough time for you to have picked one up. I was going to say,
1: uh, if it lasts an hour, yeah, then I'm done. I don't have sympathy for you anymore. But, like, People were trying for, you know, half an hour to order them from the time that they went up and because the website crapped itself, they weren't able to do that. I don't know. Yeah. It just sucks. Like, I'm sorry to hear that people had problems getting them, but I'm you know grateful that I was lucky enough to order my copy.
0: The other thing that we teach is there's always a better opportunity. So if you were trying to get this financially, you're going to have a better place to throw a hundred bucks in the future.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you if you were trying to flip it for some easy money, I guess you could have done that, but that's not what I I like to encourage people to do.
0: Yep. So moving on from GPU Orlando and the SDCC promos that everyone was uh, going crazy about, do you guys want to touch on Nexus of Fate at all, and the people complaining about that, or do you think it's sort of been done to death by everybody? I'll
1: just take a, a quick quick little talk so in order to to like understand everyone's different point of view i think that nexus of fate is a mistake like it's 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 a little bit of a mistake but i think that they can improve on it in the future so my my main issue is like the player perception of availability apparently dwarfs the actual availability of the card such that like it's actually there's actually more copies than people perceive there to be which is a problem because if players think that there are not that many very many of them they will be more willing to pay more money for them which is why they got so expensive which is the same thing with these sdcc walkers like last year there were a lot of them and people didn't value them very highly because there were so many of them or the perception was there were so many of them but in reality there actually ended up not being that many and they're actually quite expensive people think that there are less nexus of fates than there actually are, which is problematic. I think if there was another distribution method that they used to give people the perception that there will be more of them in the future so that they don't have to spend all that money right now, the price of them would not be as high as it is. So I think that if they were like available in like standard showdown packs or something to that effect, then, people would be less likely to pay so much money and they would be less expensive. I don't actually know how many of them are. I didn't do the math on it, but wizards of the coast claims that there are about as many of them as there are regular mythics or more than the regular mythics
0: for now, before redemption starts. That's the important caveat to that.
1: Yes, exactly. Which is like, the thing is like you can redeem. Like, I think the easiest way to, to, to solve this problem is just to include them in a set redemption.
0: As non FOIL?
1: Um, sure. It doesn't really matter if it's foil or non foil, just like if they're included in set redemption, people know there's a way to get them outside of the buy box promos that are probably sold out at lunch and you know at, at your popular stores. So there's 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 a relief valve for it. When they're just exclusive to buy a box promos, I think that people have some reservations about how many of them actually exist. So they could do really successful promos, though, because we've seen with the buy-a-box promo um, flip lands from Ixalan, like those are quite expensive, but also help to sell boxes. What well, nobody's really mad that, you know, the promo uh, search for Escanta is like super expensive because you don't need that copy. That's not the cheapest copy available.
0: Those weren't actual buy-a-box promos, though. They were Black Friday promotional ones. They didn't come with every single box until the beginning of the set. That's the only difference, and that's something that needs to be taken into account.
1: I guess, but like they were, they were like limited time buy a box promos, right?
0: Like you yeah, had to buy a But there a were less them. of them given out than normal buy a box promos. Sure, but what I'm saying is people don't have a
1: negative opinion of them because they're not the only copy available of that card, right?
0: Ed, thoughts on it? Because you you were on this the week that it came out. You were talking about potential arbitrage plays. You were talking about how this card might see play. You nailed this one on the head. What are your thoughts on it? Um.
2: As a whole, I'm generally not, like, a big fan of, like, people complaining about things. Uh, I'm not particularly sympathetic to people who said they didn't get one because they ordered their boxes online rather than going to a game store and missing out on that opportunity. Um, that, I definitely have no sympathy, right? Like, if your decision is to decide that you'd rather spend, like, you know, $90 on a box online instead of going down to your game store and spending, like, you know, $100 or whatever and not getting this, I like, that. that is, that is on you, Um In terms of the card itself like i think people have to realize like there are a lot there there are actually like far far more copies out there like i understand it's a perception thing because it's you know it's it's naturally like brought into a spotlight right like no one is complaining about like fire song right but that card is like unplayable but there's like no shortage of copies out there if you look um this weekend in orlando nexus fate like literally every player out there who had like excess copies were literally just trying to sell them um there was like there was like some decent movement on friday people like need it for uh like there are like people last minute like hey i just need like four nexus of fate for my deck or whatever or i'm trying to build a second copy of the deck for my friend he needs copies of nexus of fate etc so people were buying them but for the most part it just felt like people were basically just trying to sell them um or basically just trying to get whatever they could um so, and, like, I think going forward, like, there's still plenty. Uh, it, next to Fate is, a, is actually down. It's cheaper on TCG player than it is, like, a week ago before the Pro Tour. Right? There was time when, at the Pro Tour, um, that, like, part of that might be due to, like, people holding them or whatever. But I think, like, in the days leading up to Pro Tour, probably, like, like Wednesday, like Wednesday evening and a Thursday after pros have probably locked into their deck. Um, There's, pro- there's probably, like, some inside information there. Like, most of the pros who actually think, like, the deck is good... They probably spent some money to like, you know, throw down and buy like, you know, what's buying like 10, like 10 or like 20 nexus fade, right? That would, at, at market numbers last week, that would have been like, you know, 10 of them would have been like $25, like $200, like yeah, 250 like 200 to
0: 225 And then on site, they were 50 and buy listing for 30
2: Right. At um, the Pro Tour. Yeah. So... Uh. Right. so, like, some pros, like, probably bought in. And that created, like, this illusion that, oh, this actually is a real deck. Probably caused more people to, like, jump on bandwagon. And that quickly drives the price up. Uh, mainly because it doesn't take a lot of people needing, like, a playset for a deck or something to cause it to go up. And now that, you know, the, now that people figure out, like, the deck isn't, like, completely as busted as, like, as it made out to be. And, like, it just didn't, like, completely crush the pro tour, right? A lot of people are trying to offload their copies and they get rather, Clearly, would rather jump in and make the opportunity, like make the money there, than just try and hold on and see like how it would be. That being said, I do have some concern, like if people like sell these, like what happens comes rotation. Uh, a lot of pieces that make the deck good or that make like, like not necessarily like the Bant component, but just like Blue Eye as a whole, right? Like, there's no. Sh- you still have like you know Teferi, You still have Sertruscan. Scanto, you still have like all these like very powerful tools that make like. That are like a good initial core for blue white, like control decks or whatever. If it's still good in the future, then like the card supply issue might actually be a problem. But as it is, I think Nexus Fate is like more or less fine. It's just one of those things that like people are just like blowing way out of proportion. Um, and like just l- it making it like a way bigger deal than this. Like, I, I think it's worth, it's something worth noting. Um... But I think making it, like, a somewhat re- restrictive card in the sense that, like, it's big, it's splashy, it's, not, it's clearly not, like, a fatal push. It's not, like, meant to be, like, a multi-format all-star type thing. Um, I, I, I think I'm okay with it where it is. Um, ideally, it would be a little bit cheaper. I do see, like, in the next, like, few weeks or so, it might go down a little bit more, down to, like, back down to maybe, like, 15, like like, 15, maybe, like. would be pushing it. It's already down to like $25. I think there's still a little bit more room for it to fall, especially as like, you know, vendors who like vendors who bought them or whatever, like as more as copies just appear on TCG Player and on the market for people to buy up.
0: I feel conflicted on this card. Um, I remember looking at pricing opening weekend and seeing competitors in my local area selling them on TCG, like verified game shops, their official account, and they had like 30 or 40 of them listed. Um, so for that, it's like, it's a boon to game shops who just got killed by M25 and iconic masters, but wizards has helped them by doing battle bond unstable. And now these promos to help sell stuff and like get some capital back. So it's helping out your local game shop by like driving sales so that it feels like they need to keep power creeping these promos in order to sell more packs or like make it so that it's like a basic land or something where like players just need to have this card for their collection or whatever. Um, but on the other hand, I like that a lot of casual players that normally buy booster boxes are being hand- handed these like free tickets essentially to like be traded back into more packs or to be traded into something that they want for their casual decks. Um, because a lot of times the casual players will like buy a box, they'll like light a hundred dollars on fire or whatever, and they'll like have fun with their box, draft with friends, and like that's it, It it's like, thrown in a casual deck. And they, they beat the crap out of those cards and they don't retain any value. This is sort of like an insurance for them that at least some part of their box is going to retain value as long as they take care of the card and like they probably know what the card's worth just because of all the online discussion that's going on. But for people who complain about paying $30 for a standard card, like do people not remember cons when decks were like $800 for like four color or Jeskai Black? Um if you want to play competitive magic, that is your choice. It is not a right for you to have cheap cards in standard. Um, If you want to like budget and play competitive magic, but uh, you take care of your money wiser, like competitive commander, competitive modern, competitive legacy, these are all different options that you could do instead. Like for $120, you can get a dual land or you can get like a set of ether vials. And those aren't going down in price and they're not rotating. Um, and standard is probably the most expensive format to be traveling to Grand Prix's and playing competitively with. So, like, you really shouldn't be complaining that you're paying $30 for a mythic when we were paying $100 for Jace Friends Prodigy two years ago. That's just my take. Like, the competitive standard players are always the hardest people to please, and they're also the ones that are, like, lighting the most money on fire, even if it's their favorite format and they're cashing. So, it's just my thoughts. I don't know if anyone wants to say anything to that.
1: I I will just agree with you. It's been much worse, but it could always be better and people always want it to be better than it is.
0: Yep. Anything else before we move on, Ed? Nope. All I right. Think that's
2: enough, I think that's enough discussion. Specifically on Nexus Let's Fate.
0: get into our credit winner then Jim. All
1: right. So our winner this week is Landon Crispins. Um, he asked a question that was uh Kind of a segue off of our winner from last week. So I thought we picked pick it up from where we left it off last time and continue to talk about um, how to make it easier to sell cards. So Lennon asks, hey, guys, when you talk about saving money on buying bulk packing materials to mail cards, you, oh, sorry, you talked about saving money on buying bulk packing materials to mail cards, but what about shipping costs? I do not own a small business and I have to use uh, USPS, I mainly do online trading and buy list mailings. Some of our friends have the stamps.com accounts, but I'm not sure if it's worthwhile for the volume I'm sending. Any help and advice is appreciated. So this is one of the easiest things to do. Um, If you have a PayPal account, you have access to stamps.com. And since those are free and most people have them to buy and sell cars online, uh, if you use the PayPal shipping method, you will pay less money than if you brought it to the post office and got the mail the the postage paid for there and you can print it from your house and you don't have to like worry about going to the post office itself you could just drop it in a mailbox so personally what I do is I use the PayPal shipping um, to ship with tracking it's usually like 260 or something like that so you print it out on a normal piece of paper you tape it to the envelope and or the bubble mailer rather and then you can put it in your mailbox or um, your local postal drop, and then that saves you time and money because you don't actually have to go to the post office, post office itself.
0: Ed
2: probably like a reasonable, um, it's probably a reasonable start for most people, um, right? Like just like uh, just go to PayPal, just do like multi-order shipping. I think is the function that you use. Um, yep. You can you can just make like a preset um, setting. Right, just like standard shipping, right? Assuming you're not sending out like a ridiculous amount of cards, just first class, uh, like three to five day shipping. Uh, three ounces or less is the same price, I'm pretty sure. And three ounces is like plenty to cover like the weight for like the bubble mailer, uh, uh, top loader envelope, uh, etc. Print it out, just like slap it on, send it off. beyond that like unless you really deal with volume you're not saving like an appreciable amount by using like um like stamps.com or or like any sort of these sites that offer discounts um you can't order shipping supplies on ebay that's not a bad use of uh like the ebay coupons that come out every so often like if you don't know what to do with it just like order bubble mailers and mass to order like uh plain white envelopes and en mass or something again it just all comes down to how much you ship Right, like if you're only shipping out like a few items like a week, right? Like it's you're gonna lose less money if you just like go to Costco or something and just buy like shipping supplies there. Costco, Sam's Club, whatever have you. Um, if you are at the point when like trying to save like one cent per stamp, etc., is like an option. There's things like there's like metered postage where you're basically locked into a contract, you get like a substantially lower rate, but you have to continue paying like a very, very large amount just to have it. And you're basically locked into that for uh, a very, very long period of time. And that's obviously for like the major shipping centers are sending out like a, a ton of advertising or whatever. They're sending out like thousands of like envelopes like a week or something. Uh, I imagine most people are not at that point. The business. Yeah, he said are.
0: he's not even at like a seller level. He's just shipping out a couple things a week. Right. So it's probably not the best idea.
2: Right, right. Um, and even, like, I imagine, like, most stores, like, like just probably aren't going to be sending out that volume to make it, like, worthwhile. But there are options out there if you, like, if you are looking at scale. But realistically, uh, just, like, saving time. I think we've mentioned, like, in the past, you can do things where, like, you can spend, like, $100 on, like, a Dymo uh, thermal printer, just hook it up to a computer, set, like, put in the settings. Like you can copy and paste addresses over and then you can just like print the labels right there and it comes out like on a a sticker. You can slap on your envelope. It looks a little bit nicer. It saves time. But again, until you get to a certain point, it's probably not worth it to be spending more money than like just kind of your default options.
0: I think that you guys answered that question pretty well. Jim, how can Landon claim his credit for this week and how can people leave a question for next week?
1: So Landon, send me an email at cartelaristocrats at gmail.com, and I will respond with a uh, store credit code for coolstuffinc.com. If you'd like to win next week, you need to leave a comment on our – or sorry, a question on our article that will go up probably Tuesday the 14th on coolstuffinc.com. If you go to their website and scroll to the bottom of the page, that's where all the articles go up, and you should find ours with the – uh purple top hat and monocle.
0: Woo. Um, all right. Let's get into pick of the week. I hope Ed is ready. Uh, I am. Uh, wow. Yeah. All right. Let's do it.
2: Uh, pretty straightforward. Like standard rotation. Like we're a little bit more than a month away at this point. Uh, if you don't have them already, pick up like the Ixlon uh, check lands, right? The cycle of glacial fortress, drowned catacombs, etc. Uh, this these are probably gonna operate very similar to how Kaladesh lands did. I think that was the most recent cycle. Um, yes, these have been reached before. There's definitely yeah, like you're wrong. Do,
0: What? the Amonkhet lands had cycle. Uh, <laughs> oh god.
2: <laughs> I was so glad you didn't show up this weekend. Jim <laughs> yeah. and I were just like rumbling, like, man, this is so nice without Jeremy. All right, uh, but
0: continue on what the last land set
2: cycle was. Uh, like the Kaladesh lands, they were like pretty cheap for their like when like during uh, Kaladesh and like through most of this opening, and then after some amount of time, like they got expensive because one is their only printing, and two, like people realized, like oh, these have just kind of like slowly disappeared, and like most of the, like almost every one of them saw a small play. Right, like Spyro Bluff Canal, she's so playing Storm in Modern, but like in Teamer Energy, like Spyro Bluff Canal and Botanical Sanctum were very good. Uh, concealed Courtyards, I'll play like Marty Vehicles, and like I, they probably peaked out like seven, eight dollars. Um, I think Spyro Bluff was like ten dollars at one point. Um, so like if you don't have these, it, it like just spend the money, just buy a set of each. If you have like extras, hold on to them, and you can just be able to cash them out. I imagine like October. At like a very very reasonable return because you know lands are always good. People always need lands. There's always gonna be two color decks, so I'll play these. Um, I think the Dominero ones are a little bit worse. Uh, if they're like a little ways away, but it's possible like there'll be a time when like the Dominero ones are like will be go- like a good pickup as well. They're all kind of in the same like cheap ballpark range. So if you like if you don't already have like a set of 40 or whatever, probably work towards that. Just to have, um, and then if you have a if you have a surplus of them, like you'll definitely get paid off. Uh, like it, it should be a relatively easy double up, I imagine, uh, when rotation hits. The other one that's like also kind of an odd one that I didn't notice is Gigantosaur. It's a five mana ten ten from Core Nineteen. It's less of a spec and more of like a realization. Like I didn't know that this card was like not bulk. It's one of those things where people just kind of like throw at you. They don't really think too much of it, mainly because again, it's just like a vanilla creature. It's just like a dumb, like a big dumb green creature. But if you go into each play, you actually look at the supply. The supply is very, very low, even compared to many cards like, like the standard like mythics in the set or whatever. Um, definitely don't sell these for bulk. Hold on to it. I imagine like just kind of the nature of it just makes it like a big. Like, splashy card there's always casual appeal even if it like this card will clearly never be competitive um but it, it's possible it is like when Golfa came out like who would have thought that Golfa would actually be like a relevant player in standard it took some time but like what started out as being just like a casual all-star like slowly made its way into like actual like actual standard deck in, like, Mono Green Stoppy, and like the monogreen stompy and like monogreen stompy is probably like the third or fourth most played deck in standard um if you discount like the control variants being like branching off like turbo fog or whatever uh so just a heads up um if you do see these like pick them up i imagine like it will be quite difficult to pick these up once core 19 rotates mainly because people just won't have these and people like people still don't know that like these cars are actually that like specifically this car is worth something Um, And I imagine that, like, right now it's, like, $2. It probably won't ever go to, like, $10. But, like, it it will will never be a bulk rare either. But you can probably pick it up at, like, $1 or something, and you should be able to, like, double up on it pretty easily. Jim? So my pick this week is um,
1: also a little bit speculative, but it's so cheap that I can't really see this going wrong. Um, Bitcoin. What? What?
0: Is it Bitcoin?
1: No, it's definitely not Bitcoin. We already know how that went. Um, no, my pick of the week is Mesa Enchantress. Uh, Argothian Enchantress has already gone up, and most of the other like staple enchantment cards have gone up. Mesa Enchantress is one of the ones that was not included in the pre-con deck. Uh, they included Eidolon of Blossoms, and I'm, I think you have a Maya Enchantress. So the other two that are... Popular but not included in the deck are Mason Enchantress and Verdurin Enchantress. If I'm correctly remembering their names.
0: Yes, uh, we've uh, had a lot of people ask for those when they're building their enchantment decks lately.
1: Yeah, so Verdurin just has a lot more printings and is a little bit more expensive. So I alpha would. Have...
0: through ninth edition, I believe. It was in I'm every sorry? one of these. I believe it was in every set from alpha to ninth edition uh alpha beta uh, revised unlimited fourth
1: no it looks like it wasn't in fifth it was at six seven eight nine
0: okay well i remember looking for them this week for customers and like having to pull through all the boxes that it was printed in
1: yeah i actually want to try to get a black border verdure and enchantress but they're like a million dollars because it was printed in every white border set and then only available in alpha beta seventh eighth and ninth foils so yep it's kind of obnoxious Mm -hmm. Anyway, Mesa Enchantress is in significantly less sets um, and is a little bit less money at like 45 cents. So you can kind of just buy a bunch of these and watch them slowly appreciate. I think that if any of the enchantment commanders get quite popular, this is the first card that's going to pop. Well, I guess the first next card that's going to pop since some of them already did.
0: My pick is, well, so... On a similar vein, because Jim is very good at nailing this trend, Um, another card that's going up because of the Enchantress deck and a card that has seen steady growth for six or seven years now is Privilege Position. This card now retails for $20. It was an $8 card a couple years ago, and it's seen a very healthy growth in the price trajectory of this card. I've actually been selling a ton of them on TCG, Lately, I think MPs have been like 16, and SPs have been closer to 17, 18s. Uh, But a lot of people want this card for their Enchantress deck. That's not actually my pick of the week, though. Um, My pick of the week is a card that was too cheap for too long. It's seen a little bit of modern play, but I don't really know what's causing the price now. It's just something that, hey, this is going up, and people such as myself may not have priced them correctly at your local shop, because I know I didn't. It's uh, Thassa. She went from $7 to $11 in like the last month. She's seen a sharp tick up and I don't know why. If you guys do, it would be great if you could enlighten me. I'm not quite sure, Um, but copies have been selling very well on TCG and retailers are according to uh, QS have been adjusting their buy price on it higher and higher in the last month. So it's just something to keep an eye on. Uh, We had our copies at seven. And someone came in and just said, "How many do you have? Yeah, I'll take them all." And you know, we honor what's on the case, um, but it's just something that's going up. So maybe this is going to see play in the enchantment deck. I'm not quite sure. It's just something to keep in mind.
2: I think it's just one of those things where gods are always just like a casual all-star, all-star, right? Like gods, like just like like a staple in EDH at this point, especially the monocolored ones, right? Like none of them are terribly cheap. Like Heliad refuses,
0: refuses to break 20.
2: Right. It's been like pretty expensive. It's pushing. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw like these like tick up slightly. Yeah. Like Heliad is the worst one and it's still like buyless at like $3 basically. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like the single colored ones, like just they just have so much use across the board. Uh, even though Theros like the most open one compared to uh, the ones from like the enemy colored ones and alex colored ones from Born and uh, Journey. Yep
1: yeah sasa is also probably going to see a little bit of an uptick because it is both an enchantment for the enchantment deck and it gives your creature unblockable so people that are trying to build uh Yuriko might also want that
0: okay well those were some pretty good picks of the week so hopefully we helped you guys save a little bit of money uh where can people find you guys
2: i'm at uh at edwin 13 on twitter And someone wants
0: to know which GP you are going to be at, Ed. We had a question from the YouTube live cast.
2: I will be in GP Providence this weekend uh, with Tales of Adventure.
0: Okay. Jim?
2: My name is Jim Casale. You can find me
1: on Twitter at PHROST underscore. You can find my articles every other week on com, And I guess you'll find me at the next GP Orlando, I guess, next year, maybe. Hopefully next winter. Like, please be next winter. (laughs) I, you know, if they did it in February, you'd be so much happier, but you know when it's going to be, it's probably going to be in like July.
0: No, we're getting a, we're getting a Canadian GP in February. I'm calling it right now. Uh, yeah.
1: Vancouver's going to be in February or Toronto. And then they're going to do Orlando and like Vegas, Vegas in like July. And people are just going to be like,
0: why do you do this to us? Um, yeah, I'm Jeremy. You can find me on Twitter at Missouri MTG. Um, that's pretty much it. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at cartel underscore finance. You can find us on YouTube, Facebook, SoundCloud and gathering magic cart or coolstuffinc.com at cartel aristocrats. And uh, yeah, that's it for this week. Ed. I hope you get enough sleep. Cause I know I certainly did and we'll see everyone next week. Have a good one. Bye.